Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week, we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations, and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. Welcome to the campfire. We are two RV industry veterans who travel part-time in a small trailer looking to share big adventures and help you with great tips, tricks, and discounts. That's right. Today, our topic of discussion is going to be something reflecting what we saw in a local newspaper. But before that, Greece. We got a sticky situation here. Well, no, we, we're going to avoid a <laughs> sticky situation. And Greece is the word, is the word, is the word. Anyway, there was a discussion on one of our Facebook forums. And what happened was there was somebody who was arguing with their spouse about a stuck lock. And so and whether or not it should be greased. Right. And shoot it with WD-40 basically was the tip. And, you know, if you can't get it to move WD-40, if it shouldn't move and it's moving... Duct tape. Yeah, basically, <laughs> right? I mean, that's how you fix most anything, those but not really. Answers. So things like locks, what you really want to use in those is what's called a dry lubricant. And it's typically graphite, but you can get graphite in spray form. There are powder forms and things. And the reason you don't want to use something like WD-40 in an actual lock mechanism in the tumbler is that it's liquid and it attracts dust and grime and schmutz and it can gum up your lock and that'll leave you keyed up. Oh boy. So there was a point made that it repels water, which is true, but WD-40 itself is liquidy and oil or something. It's something that will attract that dirt and the dry sprays will not attract the dirt. So no matter what it's made of or what it's intended to do, the point is you don't want something that's going to draw a bunch of dirt and dust and soil into your lock. No. Because that's kind of super bad. So anyway, there are different lubricants for different things. There's lubricants for the connector between your truck and your trailer. There are dry lubricants for things like lock tumblers and such. So you want to be able to say oils well that ends well. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) I love puns. Oh, my goodness. But all seriousness aside, (laughs) you do want to use the right grease or lubricant or even graphite for the right purpose because it'll just keep things working better longer and that's the whole idea you don't want to spend money on repairs like us we'll get to that so another thing that we found on facebook actually several times we saw some things about bears and the one that i want to share with you first was from the national park service and if you're a TLDR, which I always forget, but it stands for too long, didn't read. Uh. Here's the TLDR. Please don't run from bears or push your slower friends down in attempt of saving yourself. (laughs) Now, I'll read you the two paragraphs that makes the actual post. It's really not that long. As a follow-up to a previous post, if you come upon a stationary bear, move away slowly and sideways. This allows you to keep an eye on the bear and avoid tripping. Moving sideways is also non-threatening to bears. Do not run... But if the bear follows, stop and hold your ground. Like dogs, they will chase fleeing animals. Do not climb a tree. Both grizzlies and black bears can climb trees. 
Do not push down a slower friend. <laughs> Even if you think the friendship has run its course. <laughs> Stay calm and remember that most bears do not want to attack you. They usually just want to be left alone. Don't we all? Identify yourself by making noise so the bear knows you are a human and not a prey animal. Help the bear recognize you as a human. We recommend using your voice. Waving and showing off your opposable thumbs does nothing for the bear. The bear may come closer or stand on its hind legs to get a better look or smell. A standing bear is usually curious, not threatening. For more tips, check out www.nps.gov slash subjects slash bears slash index dot htm. P.S. We apologize to any <coughs> friends who were brought out on a hike as the bait or who were sacrificed <laughs> to save the group. You will be missed. By the way, we have several times talked about a 4,500-acre ranch up here that has allowed us to stay numerous times. It's a beautiful place, great wines and all of that. And one of the guys who works there has asked me to go bear hunting with him on more than one occasion. I believe <laughs> Walt could outrun me. I think Walt was the first person who told me that you're supposed to take a slower friend hiking with So you. that makes me the slower friend. Okay. That's a grisly situation like oh my boy. puns <laughs> so this bear post made us think of the bear whisperer which is steve searles that's right and we have known steve for a while vicariously through other people and i really wanted to get steve on the podcast to talk about bear safety and so we did so without any further ado let's hear from steve searles we have the very good fortune of being with Steve Searles, who is known as the Bear Whisperer. And we have a lot of new campers and RVers who listen to us who may not be aware or may have heard myths about camping near bears. So, Steve, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for joining us. Glad to do it. So, basically, I think you have some good sense tips that you could share with people about bear safety when you're out camping. I think that there's generally more misinformation out there than accurate information about black bears. We live with them every day in our community in Mammoth, and a lot of those myths have been dispelled over the years, and so we're proud of that. But the number one thing uh, is just don't feed them. Don't feed them your trash or food or dog food or bird food. If you don't feed them, they just ignore us. If you feed them, they'll be back. Yeah, it's like any animal, including me. <laughs> you keep feeding me, I'll keep showing up. Yep. That's why Tony and I got married. <laughs> <laughs> and bears are generally fairly passive from my understanding. They kind of don't want to be around us, but... Food is a powerful attractant. That's correct. We're not talking about grizzly bears or brown bears or white bears. Uh, we're talking about the uh, black bear. He's a, a basically a herbivore, a grass eater, if you will. At my elevation, they're in den for months and months and months. And when they're out of den, they need to put on that weight to live again through the winter. So they're just a stomach with feet. 
<laughs> They're not looking to eat us. No person's ever died from a black bear uh, in the state of California in the history of the state. So here in town, we're, we like them and we, it makes our day better seeing them. But uh, again, if you don't feed them, they just ignore us and go about their business. In other areas, for example, like Yosemite and stuff, do they get the black bear and brown bear too? Or No, we shot the uh, grizzly to extinction in 1928 for no reason and that allowed the black bear to expand its population and its home range though it might seem like 1928 was a long time ago in the scheme of things it's you know less than a second of time so that experiment that our forefathers started is long from being over that's unfortunate yeah we tend to mess with the balance of things and bear are very strong i've been led to believe that for example if they smell something inside a car they can literally pull the doors right off without thinking twice about it yeah it's very little effort and when we see it with human eyes we are blown away by it where we can't believe what's happened there's no way that the three of us could tear the door off of a car <laughs> the bear is built for that for foraging and breaking apart logs and rolling over rocks it's with very little effort that they break into cars that are left full of food hmm. interesting yeah i've seen pictures of minivans with the doors missing thanks to they smelled because their sense of smell if my understanding is correct is extremely acute right thousands of times more acute than yours or mine your nose is basically just to hold your sunglasses on <laughs> um, it doesn't work compared to a bear <laughs> that's, a, that's a great analogy if bears will easily tear into a car to get food that's left there what stops them from just opening my camper door and getting getting my food out of there. It happens sometimes, again, in different parts of the country, they handle bears a different way. If a bear touches a motorhome or a camper, here in Mammoth, I use non-lethal techniques, rubber bullets, flashbang, liquid filled, that kind of thing, to teach the bear to not pull on cars. But again, we're so fortunate, our community and what we stand for is really taken off and we've been able to set an example of how to coexist with not just the bear but all species of animals. Yeah, I know there was recently a report of a bear going into a, one of those Papa pickup campers and basically helping himself to breakfast or herself. <laughs> so they're not, I guess they are more aggressive or less well-trained, for lack of a better description, in some places than up by you. You know, training the people, we do millions of visitors to our town from all over the world. We have a couple dozen local bears. And so I'm a lazy man. I took the easy way out. Mm -hmm. And uh, while it takes decades to teach humans, we were able to teach the bears very, very quickly. And so we don't have a lot of those kinds of issues. People come here and they don't mean the harm that they cause. They just don't sometimes act appropriately mm -hmm. uh, when the bears get into their stuff. That's the time that they want to uh, take that cell phone photo instead of doing the right thing, raise their voice, throw pine cones, rocks, run the bear off, let him know that he's not welcome there. That's certainly not the time for a selfie. No, no, they're not just big furry dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's best to stay away from them because they're still wild animals that are very, sure very strong. Are. They're very strong. And is bear spray a good, if you're out hiking, is it a good idea to bring bear spray with you? I see all kinds of controversy and emails about the pros and cons of bear spray, but I've given all my loved ones bear spray. I, I think it's uh, a great tool, super good. And again, against the two-legged animal rather than the four-legged animal, it really works great. Yeah, that's a, a whole 
whole nother topic, but very apropos. It's uh, highly effective against our own kind becoming a menace. (laughs) (laughs) So Steve, Tony and I usually, when we camp, we stay in camp. We're not... um, super adventure. I don't know how to say it. We're not we're super, lazy. We're, okay. Yeah, we're lazy. <laughs> we don't do a lot of hiking. We don't tend to wander out from camp very much. But for people who actually like to really get out there, do you have any special tips for them for you know, when they're not right there in their campground? For all of your listeners and people that are out there hiking and, and uh, enjoying the outdoors, enjoy yourself. The least of the thing to worry about in the woods is bears. Uh, it's 350 times more likely to be hit directly on the head with a bolt of lightning than be mauled by a bear. So wow. even though we grew up with these campfire stories and, and legends and myths about the bear, the science tells us that that's not what we need to of when we're out in the outdoors. Interesting. Well, that's good news. We were in Mammoth, uh, what, a month ago? month and a half? Um, yeah, about six Recently, or eight weeks ago. Recently, yeah. And I was hoping to see a bear. Of course, from a distance, I wouldn't go up and take a selfie with it. <laughs> but I yeah. didn't see one, darn it. It's a daily occurrence. And again, compared to what we've seen on the news and we were being bombarded with bad information, people that come here and see our life, uh, you know, it fills their heart and reminds them of um, uh, just how fortunate we are to live here. Yeah, absolutely. So I think one of the bottom line things is keep your food basically where the bear can't smell it in a bear container if one's available and leave wild animals alone. They are wild and they may be cute, but they're best viewed with a telephoto lens. That's correct. And um, you're doing my job for me. Uh, (laughs) That's all good information. And if people did that, we can, you know, continue to coexist and have these beautiful animals. Well, every year up in... In Yellowstone. Yeah, Yellowstone. And they have bison attacks that happen. People get too close to them and want to take a picture. And basically, we're visiting their home. It's just like if a bear or any wild animal came to our neighborhood and knocked on the front door, we wouldn't take kindly to that. Well, we're doing the same thing to them. We're going to their home and basically knocking on their front door and They've lived there first. Yeah. Yeah. I'm shocked and offended by what we see going viral on social media, uh, people petting bison. But I guess that's a good side of social media. They're doing our job for us. They show what happens when you get that close to Buffalo. Yeah. So I'm sorry for those families and for what's happened uh, and for the animals. But again, I think it does this uh, public service to see the cause and reaction of being stupid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, nature has consequences. Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. Well, any other tips you'd like to share with our audience about bear or just general wildlife safety? People that have escaped the cities to come up here, we do see people acting out of character, I guess is a polite way to put it. And so I just plead with all your uh, listeners to slow your roll, look out for each other, be kind, take a deep breath, and enjoy the resources that we have up here. Clean water, fresh air, beautiful views, great food but do it in a gentle way yeah that's great advice every day so yeah that's so well said boy we sure appreciate it and man i can't thank you enough for making some time to share these tips with our audience and it's a pleasure meeting you here by the phone as someone who has followed you for a good while yeah glad to do it for you folks all right steve well thank you and uh keep up the good work and we wish you all the best thank you so much will do have a great day you You too too. bye-bye 
Well, we are very grateful for Steve for coming back. And and a little bit earlier, Peggy mentioned a link. Whenever there are links that we mention or references that we mention on the podcast, we put links in what are called the show notes, which are on our website by podcast episode. This is episode number 59. Or you can find them on your podcast player, usually if you scroll up. There's the links there. So we try to make it easy to find the references that we use for this. And speaking of which, we want you all to be bear safe. And so we do have a number of references here. We have a reference to the article on recreation.gov, which is the park service, basically. The National Park Service has also a bear safety. There's a website, bearwise.org, and the California Department of Fish and Wildlife, another bear reference. So we have a bunch of these bear references. So be bear safe, be aware of your surroundings, know what you're getting into before you go. And there's a lot of really good tips there if you have pets, because a dog will not react well when it sees a bear. I have no idea what a cat will do. Maybe we won't need to find out. No. But anyway, this bear safety is pretty important stuff. So take a look at the articles and, you know, Steve was a great resource and there's a bunch of other resources too. So be bear safe out there. Because if you were to get hurt, I just couldn't bear it. Oh. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I got one. You see what happens when you live with me for too long. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, that might've been a mistake. (laughs) But we also have a list for you today. And today's list is 10 newbie mistakes. This comes to us from the RV Repair Club, which is a great organization as well. So we're going to start with number one. Number one is driving off while connected. Now, I have to tell you something. The first time I read this, I thought it said driving while connected. And I thought it was talking about like messing around with your phone while you were driving. But no, it actually says driving off while connected. And it has nothing to do with your phone. It has everything to do with not unplugging your water or your sewer or your electricity or anything else you might happen to be tethered to at the campground. Those cords are only so long and then it's going to be a sad time. And we have actually seen that happen. You can only yell so much and you know they're going to acknowledge you the moment that cord just goes boing. And you know, it makes me think of for years and years and years, you've seen it and you've seen it in movies and we've actually seen someone drive off with the gas nozzle still in their gas tank. Oh yeah, that's true. We've seen that too. So we all should know this. This shouldn't really be something that we have to be told but if you're new to RVing there's an awful lot to remember and this is one of those things that's pretty important yeah number two not knowing your size so we posted a photograph a while back of somebody had put the size of their RV such that they could see it in the mirror it was a travel trailer and it showed the height and the width and the length and all and you don't want to be there's these I've referenced them quite a bit those 11 foot 8 bridge videos where trucks and motorhomes and trucks all kinds of vehicles. 12 feet tall. Yeah. Try to get through that 11 yeah, foot 8 and bridge. It, it's, a, it's a big kaboom. You don't want that. 
So it's good to know your length and width and height, which would also have come in. Well, we did know it, and we went on a road this weekend. We got to go out to the coast because it's as we record this, it is ridiculously like hot. Here yeah, and it's, it's super hot. 8 yeah, and at the coast, which is an hour and a half away from us, it's in the upper 60s and low 70s. Right. So guess where we went? Right. So we did it on a road that we weren't familiar with. Right. We watched for signs. There was a road that said, you know, that length of 30 feet from kingpin to rear axle is not recommended and we didn't take that one. Nope. But we took the one that didn't have any signs. Yeah. It should have had narrow road, no shoulders. Here comes a horse trailer. Here comes a horse trailer. (laughs) Because here comes a horse trailer, so I was respectful and they were respectful and I pulled over. It was a really narrow road. It was. And they passed us. All was good. I, you know, hit the gas to get back on the road and whack the awning on a tree. So now we get to wait while our new awning gets delivered. Yep. But at least we were very fortunate in that it didn't pull the awning off or it does not appear to have actually damaged the trailer. Right. It seems to have done no damage to anything but the awning and hopefully only the awning arms. Maybe not even the fabric. Yeah, it looks like... Just the retractable arms themselves. So We'll see. we'll, We'll find out for sure, but, you know, it was just there just weren't enough signs and so i think that our next job is to find an app that will tell us when there's a narrow road because we were fine with the curves it wasn't the curves that was a problem it was the narrow road and no shoulders yeah and the horse trailer well right but But that wouldn't have been a problem if we were on any wider of a road yeah and this was like foot wider yeah this was like literally about a lane and a half wide it was so narrow yeah yeah it was very narrow trees and all well anyway we learned an expensive lesson so Anyway, so number three, we hope that none of our listeners do this because we have told you and told you and told you, (laughs) but mistake number three is not using a checklist. Yeah, checklists make for stressless camping. We've said that over and over, and it's one of our more popular articles on our website, and there are downloadable checklists and all that, but especially if you're new, but even if not, you go through the checklist, and that way you don't forget things like to unplug the truck from the trailer or whatever. Or whatever. So checklists. So keep those checklists working. Number four, I'm probably guilty of this. If Tony looks in my pajama stash in the camper, he'll say I'm guilty of this. But number four is overpacking. And it has a lot to do not only with how many pajamas you carry, but the weight of your RV or the weight in your RV is very, very important. And the more things that you take, the more weight you're adding. We have a towing calculator and we can determine how much you should be towing. And we've seen people in relatively light travel trailers overloading three quarter ton trucks because the combination of the tongue weight and passengers and stuff in the bed of the truck and such exceeded what the manufacturer recommended that you put on that rear axle. So, And then, of course, if you take Lucy with you and she starts her rock collection, her boulder collection, oh. like in the long, long trailer, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. boulder collection is going to tack on some weight. <laughs> Number five, and we have seen this too, leaving the awning out. So our awning got messed up, not because it was out, but so there's two things. Leaving the awning out and trying to pull away, which kind of relates back to number one, but also just leaving your awning out when you leave your RV or when you go to bed at night. You don't know when a windstorm is going to come up. Yeah, it's such a bad idea because we, when I worked at the dealership, we replaced a lot of awnings 
from people who had left them out and just went away for an hour or, you know, I went to bed at night and all was well and, you know, sometime in the middle of the night you hear that awning being ripped right off the... It's a big sale, essentially, on the side of your RV. (laughs) Yeah, and it's an expensive repair if that awning gets ripped out because, you know, those bolts are basically screwed into fiberglass and styrofoam. Right. So... You may need a whole side of the trailer. Yeah, well, it can be very expensive. So number six is crushing your chocks. (laughs) Now, our camper came with some flimsy, hard plastic chocks. They were cheap. We got rid of those really quickly, and we have some really heavy-duty, heavy, like rubbery chocks that could probably handle being run over, but still, it's not a good practice. It would be tough. It would be tough to run over them in the first place. commercial trucks. So the point is to remember, and this will be on your check, list so you won't forget is after you've got your truck all hooked up to your camper you want to pull your chocks out before you start moving number seven is a lesson we again felt this weekend failing to plan ahead right so we didn't know which road we should take well actually we did know which road we should take we just saw another option it didn't have a sign so we thought well maybe the scenic route would be nice yeah and and it actually was was. it was it was really pretty lots of redwood trees and such and then but also so part of that failing to plan ahead is when we left this morning, we were fairly low on gas. We were fairly low on gas. And we had to pay, get this, three sixty a gallon for regular gas. $3.80. Oh, you're right. It was, it was uh, $3.79 yeah. a gallon. So we got as little as we thought we could do to yeah, get to, to get the next to big town. Costco. So that's just, it was kind of silly on our part. We were driving around yesterday goofing off and we could have filled up but we were being cheap yeah the next thing is pretty minor leaving the ceiling vent open right that's not i mean that's a bad thing because you can damage it but what we have done is just put a cover on that so it's like a dome over the ceiling vent Mm -hmm. and we can leave it open even if it's raining we don't when it's raining but it doesn't let things in yeah and it's just nice because air can blow through the trailer so in the bathroom of our trailer is a max air fan and it came with that big scoop shaped cover and so we got one of those same covers and put it over the regular plain little vent that's over the bed so that way we can leave it open more often you know we don't have to remember to put it down when we drive when it rains whatever we can always have that air coming in by the way if you have an opportunity if you don't have one of those max air vent fans and you have the opportunity to put one in do it they're fantastic well they're also fantastic fans which are the same thing (laughs) Number nine, leaving your black tank open. Oh, yeah. So again, this is not about driving away, which would also be bad. Yeah, super bad. When you're in camp, even if your tubes are all hooked up to the sewer and everything, don't open the valve to the black tank until it's time to dump the black tank. Right, because what happens is the liquids will go away, they'll go down that tube, and the solids will remain. And they'll just sit there and dry out. Yeah, and uh, that is not a cheap repair. That is affectionately known as a poop pyramid. Yeah. Yeah, no thank you. So, yeah, leave your even gray tank. I advise leaving it closed until it's time to dump because there are smells in that sewer. You know, let's say three rows away, somebody's dumping their black tank and that smell just comes right up your pipe. So, I leave both of them closed until it's 
the time to dump the tanks. Right. The extra advantage of having that gray tank full is after you're done dumping the black tank, you can dump the gray tank and that will wash out your slinky. The stinky slinky. Stinky slinky. (laughs) The black hose. And last but not least, not documenting your travels. But I don't think we have that problem. Well, so we don't have a journal or really keep any kind of a formal documentation, but we have iPhoto. Yeah. We can search photos by location. So if I ever think, oh, I took a photo in this place, I can go find that photo by just searching that place. Or I guess when we're older and we can't remember things well, we can say, well, where have all the places that we've been? And we can just look at a map and see if there's more than 50 pictures. We've been there. Yeah. Well, I also, I actually do sometimes go back and look at places we've been or times of our lives. Yeah. It's, it's really fun. So. Sometimes, remember when we went to that place and I'll barely remember going to that place, so I have to go look at the pictures and help yeah. me remember. So document your travels. That's fun. I mean, whatever method you like, use it. And I actually do have a little scrapbook that I intended to make a journal out of, and it's still sitting there waiting for me to start. Well, so... <laughs> There you go. So that's our list. That's uh, some bear safety. Hopefully you got something of value you can take with you on your next travel, which I hope is very soon. I hope it's very soon. By the way, uh, you'll notice that this episode, we did not have an ad in the episode. We are going to do some more updating of our discounts and deals page. In fact, I have been working on it this afternoon and uh, we'll be doing some more. What the discounts and deals pages on our website are discounts and deals on things that we really appreciate or products that we think are very high quality or a lot of them are ones that we have and use. Mm -hmm. And we've talked the manufacturers or whatever into offering you a deal too. In fact, this week, a bunch of people signed up for Harvest Hosts. And we sold some grub sticks. Yeah, we did. <laughs> and so we want you to know that when we choose ads, then we're kind of selecting out one or two as if they're more important, but really all discounts are important. So we update our discounts and deals page as I'm doing now with either new things or better discounts, or we try to have the best deals on the things that we mentioned. So go check Somehow that out. Okay. All right. So have you chosen the friend that you can outrun in the forest from the bears? <laughs> Do not invite me to go hiking. Yeah. I will say no because yeah, I'm very also. slow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to go hiking with any of you. I guess Tony and I could go hiking. We'd be we'd sacrifice no, ourselves no, no, no. to the whole you rest could outrun of the me. world. I, I don't know. I don't want to find out. We don't want to find out. I couldn't bear to find out. Oh. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, we're just going to stay home and check out www.stresslesscamp. That's a great idea. And of course, from there, we can jump off to all the social places that we like to be. And that's where you can find us too. Stresslesscamping.com is sort of our home base for discounts, deals, stories. We have some new stories that we just put up and we're always working on stories. So, And we would love if you would tell your friends about it. Now, if you're planning to take them hiking, (laughs) tell them about that after you go. Yeah, make sure or have them (laughs) sign up before you go hiking. But, you know, if you tell your friends friends and then you ask them to go hiking they're not going to go because they're going to know this information 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> but of course, you and your friends don't want to miss future episodes of the Stressless Camping Podcast. Nope. And do you know, it's free to subscribe on what? any podcast app. Wow. And we're saving you a seat around our virtual campfire. And of course, if you want to tell your friends, one of the ways to do so is a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find podcasts, because that helps those services know how much you appreciate Stressless Camping. And so they will tell their friends as well. And so we really appreciate your reviews on all the different things, especially Apple Podcasts. And the more listeners we have means the easier it is for us to get terrific guests that help us out and help us give you the information you need. Like the Bear Whisperer, Steve Searles. It's thanks to you all. So thank you again for spending some time with us here at our virtual campground. We hope you're out camping. We always want to see what you're up to as well. And uh, in the meantime, happy happy camping. camping. We hope you learned a lot, had some fun, and got some tips for your next stressless camping adventure. We're honored by your reviews on Apple Podcasts, which helps others find us too. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure. And we look forward to your joining us next week. Until then, happy camping!